1: program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Yeah, I used to be a liberal too. We're going to have nothing but propaganda in many of our schools.
1: I've seen teachers tell children that they are girls trapped in boys' bodies.
0: Remember, the Bible speaks extensively about a coming lawlessness.
1: For the most part, it was far-left agitators pushing the violence.
0: You know, our founders told us there's only one way to keep a free republic. You have to have a well-educated and moral citizenry. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission
1: America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things
0: things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles at the American Family Association's blog, The Stand, on lifesitenews.com, on wnd.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out all our resources for you parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Do you get the very strong impression that America is approaching a time of increasing persecution for Christians? And if so, you if you have that impression you are not alone all the signals are here and but what brought us to this point or what kind of persecution will we see rolling out and are we ready here to discuss this with me and a lot more is my friend and pro-family colleague bobby lopez otherwise known as dr robert oscar lopez bobby is a writer and a researcher with degrees from Yale and University of Buffalo in political science, English, and classics. He has taught college students for 20 years. His writing includes academic research and also casual commentary. And he's the author of several books. Bobby worked in cable television, four colleges, the army reserves, and a Manhattan law firm. And he speaks numerous different languages. He approaches difficult issues from many different professional perspectives and religious viewpoints. He has been a born-again Christian since 2008. Welcome back to Mission America Radio, Bobby.
1: Thank you so much, Linda. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. Do you think we'll ever be able to do an interview
0: during a time of glorious peace and progress? We have good news to talk about. I don't know. And I'm praying about that all the time. I know that (laughs) that is heavily on my mind. So, you know, you, you are familiar, uh, Bobby, with the idea of persecution. You have cut your teeth on it in the last 20 years. And I know that you started in one place and you've come to quite a different place. Can you give us a little snapshot? I mean, there are many, many details. We could spend the whole program numerous programs on it but give us a few a little snapshot and then how we go forward from here
1: well I was a member of the left I was raised in a very left-wing home my mom was gay I uh, was part of the gay lifestyle for a long time I, I got into it because of abuse it took me a very long time to understand what had happened to me when I was younger and to put that together but I began my career as an academic as someone who was on the liberal left wing, and I was doing a lot of research in 18th and 19th century American literary history. So I studied a lot about slavery and African-American experience, and I realized as I was studying all of that that the original abolitionists had based their strongest objections against slavery on Matthew 19. In the Christian Bible, they based it on the passage where Jesus Christ talked about marriage. And I remember being shocked when I saw that because we always hear that the problem with racial history and the problem with slavery was that it was prejudiced, that it was racist, or that it was full of hate, or things like that. But actually, when you look at what the people saw as the problem with slavery, they saw it as a disruption of God's natural order because it separated men from their country. It separated men from women, and it separated children from their parents. And mm. so that really inspired me to re- revisit the whole question of gay adoption and of all of the things that the LGBT movement was pushing. And once I vocalized that, it didn't matter that I had done all of those this work in multiracial history. It did, that didn't matter. I was completely anathema to everything. And so I saw all of this persecution very early on 2009, 2010, you know, when I was being brought up on fake charges by the Title IX office at the college, I had a lesbian dean who was part of the Clinton Global Initiative. Kamala Harris was the attorney general for California. At that time, the associate dean where I was working was a woman who had given birth to one of Jesse Jackson's children. So I was right there in the middle of the maelstrom, and I saw the dangers coming really early on that this left was not what your grandparents' liberal movement. This was not the the left wing that believed that uh, I may not agree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. This is a completely different Movement. I mean, this is a movement that does not believe in free speech. They actually are extremely hostile to the notion that people can say whatever they want. They're fixated on their erroneous belief that words have magic power to hurt people or to change reality. And so they're completely – they're Maoist perhaps. In terms of they believe that if they can control what you say, they're going to be able to change reality and and do away with things that they don't like. And so they're an incredibly repressive and censorious movement. And I saw that. And what I just want to say in conclusion, in in terms of these, these thoughts, is that. I am very much relieved right now. I know this sounds crazy, but I am in such a good mood now that the left has played their hand and there's at least 75 million people out there in America who are finally seeing what I've been saying for so long. And you've been saying, too. I mean, people just didn't believe us when we said that this is a totalitarian movement. But now I think people are seeing it, and I think that's a good thing because at least people know it's there and they can't fight it if they don't. No, it's there
0: yeah, yeah that is interesting you're making me feel much more hopeful when you say that and i hope you other people do too because one of the problems we had and you said 75 million so you're assuming the the voters who voted uh, on the republican conservative ish side but many of them still didn't quite get it um but the other side as well i mean i don't know i think this is going to wake up a whole lot of people and there's going to be probably more division uh, as we see going forward. But an awful lot of people who did just what you're saying, they denied the reality of the viciousness of the leftist social liberal, uh, but all of their platform uh, agenda will, will going forward, they won't be able to do that. So this, this will be a good thing for the church. Do you think, I mean, actual Christian Christian believers?
1: I think so because we have been deceived Uh, In all of the denominations, I cannot name a major denomination that has not been deceived by the leadership. The the church was perhaps the biggest failure on the right wing. They they did not protect the church from the invasion of this left-wing money and left-wing scholars who were bankrolled by progressive groups and with the specific purpose of trying to adapt people to a fake theology. That yeah. they could accept this now of course you know you know that this happened with the mainline groups in the 1970s but i watched while the catholics and the baptists were completely infiltrated and everything was upside down i got fired from a southern baptist seminary yes because they did not like the fact that i was criticizing and talking about uh, sexual abuse in the gay community i mean in the middle of all of the scandals that they've dealt with with sex abuse in the church they still, in 2019, were trying to repress and censor discussion of it. And when I went and told people about that, there were still so many people on the right wing who didn't want to believe it. They didn't want to think. They still were assuming that the churches were naturally on our side and that they could just say, this is a Christian issue, and they would assume that the leadership of all of these churches was in line with them. And what you're seeing, if you just look at the response to the election fraud allegations, the leadership in the Catholic world and in the, the Southern Baptist world and, and basically every major denomination, they contradicted the faithful of their own denominations. In the Southern Baptist Convention, overwhelmingly, the members voted for Trump, and overwhelmingly, they are upset about the election improprieties, but the leadership insists that there was no election fraud, that this was mm-hmm. a fair election, and that the true danger is Christian nationalism. That's what they keep on saying. yes right keep on repeating that so i think that the churches were a massive failure do i think it's good for the churches yes absolutely because if you are um anesthetized and you're blind to what's going on then you're much more vulnerable than if you wake up and you see that you've been lied to and a lot of the people that you thought you could respect and trust don't deserve your respect and trust these are people who were scheming and trying to make a fast buck off the church, and they were basically, instead of trying to tend to their flock, they were selling
0: their flock to yeah. the political groups that just wanted their votes. Right, right. I The betrayal of the pastors and leadership um, is, is pretty overwhelming when you see how they have just continued on as if with complacency, as if nothing will ever change, not understanding that we are in the middle of a very, very dangerous situation and people need to have been prepared. And, uh, I think you're going to see all kinds of schisms now, but I think ultimately Mm -hmm. it will wake a lot of people up and people will be on fire for the Lord actually. And the comfortable leadership will have to be less comfortable and that will be a good thing.
1: Right. I think so. I think the Lord works on his schedule and he works through devices that we can't really understand. So part of me, I prayed and prayed and prayed that Donald Trump would win the election. And now I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, if Donald Trump had won the election and we didn't have this controversy about the fraud and we didn't have the the riot in Capitol Hill, we wouldn't have as many people waking up. I hate to say it, but that's I, that's my reading of it. You know, I look at it and I can see how the the Lord used that in a way that I would have been, I would have complained to God about all this, but I look at it now and it's, you know, God knows what he's doing. He's, he's revealing this. And I think that he is waking people up in a way that maybe we wouldn't have been woken up if, if Donald Trump had gotten reelected and we would have just gone for another four years and we would have been doing the same thing we did for the last four years because under Trump's presidency, there was a lot of territory that was lost in the churches because people were comfortable. They had someone in Washington who was defending them, so they didn't pay attention to what the leaders and the pastors of their denomination were doing. I mean, the LGBT compromises were horrendous over the last four years. We lost a lot of ground. And I think yeah. the pastorate right now is an extension of the professoriate because the pastors go to seminary, and seminaries are yes. colleges. And so everything that we complain about the academy, you can just wipe out academy and put in church. It's the same thing. You're facing the same dilemma.
0: Yes. You know, I I do wonder if the election, back to the election fraud issue, uh, if somehow that will be resolved uh, even beyond Inauguration Day and and, and we'll see some uh, strange change. I I don't know. But I, I do tend to agree with you that um that the all of the left's tyrannical reaction to the january 6th um you know invasion of the capitol even though violence is totally wrong and not called for and yet uh the double standard is just glaring i mean that these are people that were bailing out the rioters last summer and calling for you know Mm -hmm. people that were 25 or 30 people were killed, multiple people were injured, billions of dollars in property damage and they act as though um you know we have not we but a few people that decided to take things into their own hands a few cowboys last week um mm-hmm. that that that's like a nuclear bomb it, you know it it it's just so disproportionate and now people are being deplatformed i wonder how long conservative and Christian radio stations will be allowed around. We only have about 30 seconds for a comment before our break. So go ahead. Tell me what you think about that.
1: Well, I think that the Black Lives Matter groups that organized the large demonstrations, they should feel somewhat insulted by the left's reaction, because what the left has basically said is all of their protesting was okay because it never had a chance to actually shake up people who were in power. So they oh. tolerated and supported it because all they were doing <laughs> hmm. was harming other citizens, and they weren't actually threatening the power structures that Black Lives Matter was supposedly protesting
0: against. So Now, in, the pa- patronizing. Way, the, it was patronizing. Yes. Yes,
1: amazing. It's very amazing. insulting to them. It, is, it very, very much is. So they should feel angry, and I, I, I hope that, you know, we don't have to be together in terms of the left and the right, but I think it will be good if the government unit party that's in control of everything—
0: starts to feel a lot of heat from the left and the right that's good yep we have to we have to cut there for for a little bit and we'll pick it up when we come back Uh, we're talking with bobby lopez who is a wonderful pro-family leader dr robert oscar lopez you can find him at bobbylopez.me and lots more about him stay with us here on mission america radio we'll be right back Today's program is pre recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. We're talking today about possibly we're heading into a time of persecution. Uh, it sure seems that way. There's a, The cancel culture is uh, in a full uh, cancel mode. And we're talking today with somebody who's experienced some persecution and uh, sees this as. Uh, what, what we could have all expected. Dr. Robert Oscar Lopez, Bobby Lopez, is uh, a, a preeminent scholar. Um, Bobby, how many languages do you speak? I mean, come on, tell me again. I always am so impressed okay. with this. But. Eight, although
1: German is a little <laughs> bit shaky. I would never want to be put on the spot in German, but <laughs> there's seven that I do well, and then there's German.
0: So. I, I will not be speaking to you then in German today. though. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's fine. <laughs> I'll refrain from my, yeah. all my German uh, idioms. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. But we're talking with you because you, you went through this in your professional life when you were uh, out in California, when uh, in, from a, a Baptist seminary, you know, and you mm-hmm. write beautifully. you got two books. Tell us about your books quickly and mention them so we can go to your, people can go to your website and get more information.
1: Well, one of them is called Colorful, Conservative, American Conversations with the Ancients from Whitney to Whitman. That's about the conservative roots of America in literature, which is an area where conservatives usually don't do much scholarship, but I did. Oh. Uh, that came out in 2011. And then I did a book called Jephthah's Daughters, which was then republished in England as Jephthah's Children. Uh, which was looking at all
0: of the impact of the same-sex parenting movement on so many mm. different parts of society. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, Jeff's daughters, was powerful. I, I was very moved by some of the stories in there. You know, Bobby, I just want to get your reaction to this, because as you know, and many of my listeners may know, or if you're new to our program, you may not know, that Mission America has been on the Southern Poverty Law Center's hate group list uh, for uh, eight years. And Mm -hmm. along with a number of other people, another number of other uh, what I consider to be worthy Christian groups like American Family Association. You're on there. Yes. okay. Yeah. um, American College of Pediatricians is on there and many Mm -hmm. others. Also, of course, the Ku Klux Klan. So the -hmm. you know, the the smear tactics have been going on for a while. And I like you have been wishing people could wake up and see, you know, here I am, this peace-loving, pretty harmless person just speaking out about moral issues to protect children, and and they go and they put me on a hate group list, and you too. So tell me your reaction to that.
1: Well, I think that the Southern Poverty Law Center exemplifies everything that's wrong with this cancel culture system because they themselves got sued over racial discrimination within their organization.
0: right? And
1: in the, when they went after me, uh, the same as human rights campaign and glad the quotations that they posted online as proof that I was a homophobe were quotations where I was discussing instances of uh, same sex abuse, rape and same sex assault in the LGBT community. So they were part of a systematic cover-up of millions, of crimes of sex abuse in the LGBT community. So they're the example of everything that's wrong. A lot of times when people are trying to use intersectionality uh, to cancel people or to hound people out of public life, it's often because the people that they are hounding are whistleblowers who have Mm -hmm. information That will harm them. So it's kind of you cover up your racism by accusing people of being homophobic, cover up your sexism by accusing people of being Islamophobic. And so it's the left's own intersectionality
0: devouring itself. It's cannibalistic almost. And 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 you, as a person of color, uh, and you've experienced right. some of this and have a lot of perspective on this. Tell us about the, the the linkages between the LGBTQ aggressive movement and the critical race theory. I mean, can you do that in in a couple minutes? <laughs> but it, let's try. Yeah. It,
1: well, yeah, basically, there is no link between racial history and the history of people who engage in non heterosexual activity. You cannot compare them. The histories are a mismatch. So the laws that were based on the uh, erroneous notion that these are similar histories are all bad. And so we have the Equality Act, for instance, which is literally trying to take the Civil Rights Act that was passed in the 60s that protected public accommodations for African Americans, and they're trying to extend that now uh, to... to protect LGBT people, but in order to do it, they're redefining what public accommodations are. So, you know, back in 1964, when they passed the Civil Rights Act, the idea here was that a black person can't be denied the ability to stay in a hotel or to eat in a restaurant because they're black. That's a public accommodation. Even if you are the owner of that business, we as a society say, look, there's a long history of racial abuse and if you are making private decisions to discriminate we have a stake in that so we're going to say you can't do that right well they're trying to do that with lgbt but they're redefining what discrimination is so it's not just denial of services it's saying things that offend them it's disagreeing with falsehoods that they propagate it's it's being a whistleblower and exposing true crimes that are tied to that community right right Um, all of those things are caught counting as discrimination and public accommodations now is anything and everything. It's, it's a group of people hanging out in a park is a public accommodation. Right. Um, well, it's things a, that you do in the privacy of your own home. It's your, and, your website. Yes.
0: It's what you publish. I mean, it's insane. And, what, and churches and schools and churches and schools. People need to understand the Equality Act is specific in denying religious accommodation. Uh, I don't know if that'll be a, exactly. a you know a, a, an amendment that will be offered by the uh, Rob Portmans and the Liberal Rhinos of the world, uh, the Mitt Romneys. But uh, you know, I suspect that's mm-hmm. coming. Um, but what will happen is it will force also uh, everything you said is is absolutely going to happen. absolutely where where it is, and the problems they also imply in the e- Equality Act that people are born this way. If you say you are, you are born this way. And it will be then, of course, assumed that the nine-year-old sexually confused or gender-confused child is, quote-unquote, uh, inevitably homosexual or gender, um, the the opposite sex. Isn't that true? Right, 30 seconds, we've got to go soon.
1: Okay, yeah, they undermine their own goals, you know, because it is sexual harassment for a seven-year-old to be forced to have to listen to an adult that is not their parents talking to them about sex and implying to them that they may be identifying in ways about Mm -hmm. sex that they don't even understand at seven. That's sexual harassment. It's grooming. It's a kind of sexual abuse, but yet it's becoming not only legal, but mandated. And so a lot of their efforts, they contradict themselves. Yeah. And and this
0: will put the Equality Act, which is probably sure to pass because they have both houses of Congress now, Um, And and probably signed by um, Biden uh, is going to put this all on steroids. Bobby, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your great heart, your contribution to this movement and to truth. And may God bless you. All right. Thank you. And bobbylopez.me is where you can uh, look Bobby up and find out more about him and his writing and his blog and his books. Friends, do not be discouraged. There's a lot of hope here. A light, the light will shine brighter in the darkness. So join me in praying and knowing that with God, all things are still possible. Have a great day.